The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and fans, it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want even more action? Then get in on the experience, the thrill of the DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10, at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code AOD to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code AOD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply if you or someone you know has a gambling problem. Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 877-HOPE-NY in New York. OPGR.org in Oregon. Call text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. Wednesday, September 14th is another jam-packed day of action. Across levels in the professional tennis world, of course, on the men's side, the highest level event happening this week happens to be the Davis Cup, which is happening across the globe right now. Now, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what the Davis Cup format even is at this point. They've re- reinvented that event about five times in the past 10 years. As such, I'm staying away from that action on this segment. Nevertheless, if you'd like to hear a discussion on all things Davis Cup or just a recap of everything that's happening day in, day out this week in the professional tennis world, hop on over to our other Crack Rackets podcast, which we call the Mini Break Show, which of course you can find wherever you listen to your podcast or on our reinvented website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, this week on this segment, as I alluded to yesterday, I'm going to be focused on the tour-level action happening this week. We've got two 250s happening on the women's side. We've got a 125K women's event happening as well. Four ATP challengers I'll be watching closely, and those are the seven events that will be most frequently discussed here on this segment. Yes, there are countless ITF events happening across the globe right now as well. I'm going to wait until that action gets to the quarterfinal stages. If I start looking at the ITF action now, I'm looking at 300 different matches at this point of the weekend. To be honest, there's not a particular ITF event happening this week that caught my eye. So while I may explore the ITFs later in the week, may start talking ITFs early in the week on later editions of this show, I'm steering clear of the ITF action right Right now, focused again on those two tour-level events, the one women's WTA 
125K women's WTA. Way to be redundant, Alex. That WTA 125K and the four ATP Challenger events going to be the subject of today's episode. I've got two more aces for you for Wednesday, September 14th matches. Hopefully these aces go a bit better than our selections yesterday. While, again, I liked my thought process. I liked the intent behind each of those picks. Certainly when Oliver Crawford raced out to a three-love lead over Fasundo Mina in Kerry earlier on Tuesday, I thought to myself, wow, you may just have found a winner. But things got funky in terms of Tuesday's results. We saw Serana Kirstea, the number one seed, knocked out early. We saw Rabakina push two three sets. We saw Tom Janovich not only fail to cover her game spread, but she ultimately dropped her match in three sets. And it was a stark reminder that while the events the week prior to a Grand Slam event, a little bit more predictable, a little bit more on course with the events you'll see in the weeks leading up to that event, the weeks immediately preceding a Grand Slam, they can be a little funky. There will be players who have that Grand Slam hangover, and that was a stark reminder of that fact looking at Monday's picks. But with that in mind, lesson taken. We're ready to turn the page. Focus on Wednesday, September 14th. With that in mind, I've got two aces for you before I look at the rest of the board. Here are my picks for today's show. Let's start with a game spread and longtime crowd. Crack Rackets listeners know I make it a point to try and read Colette Lewis's Zoo Tennis blog every day. I think learning about which players are excelling at the junior level, it just provides you additional data points, additional information as you begin to watch these players develop and proceed into their pro careers. And Dalma Golfi is a player who has come to the attention of many a tennis nerds over the course of the past, honestly, you can say over half decade decade at this point. You look for Golfie, who turned 24 years old in August. She was one of those top juniors of her generations. Golfie, of course, a former world junior number one. She had a ton of success winning the Junior U.S. Open in 2015 in singles. She also won Junior Wimbledon 2015. That, of course, came in doubles. She was the ITF Junior World Champion back in 2015 and has had a a plethora of ITF-level success at various points throughout the course of her career, whether it was early on, 2014, 2015, already breaking through at the ITF level as a teenager. Of course, she struggled a little bit after that, making that transition from the highest levels of juniors to the highest levels of the Pro Tour. And certainly, she got some wild cards into pro events, given she was a former top junior. She dealt with a couple of injuries as well. But it feels as though things have really steadied for Delma Golfi, not only this season, but really over the course of the past 18 months. You look for Golfi here in particular in 2022. She's 30-18. And overall this season, that's a 63% win percentage. She reached the third round of the U.S. Open, beating Dart, beating Paris as Diaz in straight sets. Those are two top 100 opponents before getting knocked out by Kudermetova. She won a match at Wimbledon. She, you know, also wins, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, qualifies for Indian Wells, qualifies and wins a match for Miami She's proven this season she belongs in the top 100, and as such, she's sitting at a new career high right now of number 79, has reached a stage where she's played a lot of 125Ks, a lot of 100K events this year, 
better. But now she's going to be able to take that next step, play the 250s, and really flex her weapons when you watch Domagolfi. I like to refer to this, it's not quite the Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club transcendent tennis sort of game. It's the Belinda Bencic model of player where, sure, aggression is the defining feature of what they want to do. They want to be stepping on top of or inside the baseline, you know, imposing their will with their ground strokes, looking to move forward, looking to take the ball early on the rise. That's the Hungarian, Dalma Golfi, and she's solid off of both wings. Yeah, that forehand grip is a little bit more extreme. It's... Not quite an extreme Western, but it's more Western than semi-Western. And if you have elite pace, certainly you can give her problems on that side. But Golfie sets herself up well with her first serve. She sets herself up well to strike those ground strokes inside the baseline, be the aggressor. And she's gotten better as a mover throughout the course of her career as well. That was something she struggled on early on with, uh, but has obviously 24 years old, grown more comfortable with the physicality of the highest levels of the game. I think she's got the biggest weapons on the court tomorrow as she's going to take on Sarah Irani. Now, of course, Sarah Irani, former, what, top 10 player in the world. I want to say she was number five, yeah, back in 2013. And Irani, 35 years old now, continues to grind it out, continues to play, you know, at the ITF 100K, 125K level, sneak into qualifying at the tour level events as well, just sustain her pro career. And you look, she's 24 and 20 overall this season, but, you know, we're playing on clay this week at the 125K in Bucharest where this match is happening. And around 17 and 10 on clay this season, she actually beat Dalma Galfi 7-6 in the third when they played the week of July 4th in Contrexiville, uh, ultimately Trexiville, I apologize, butcher that pronunciation, leave it in, but I'm just not going to get that one right here today. The point is, Irani, a 6-4-1-6-7-6 victory in their matchup about two months ago. Again, Irani has played solid tennis this year. She still moves extraordinarily well. She's still always going to make that extra ball. She's going to put that slice in the court, throw that lob at you, just, you know, going to nag you with her relentlessness, with her energy. But I think Golfie's prepared for that this time. I think having seen the slice game, having seen the steadiness and the relentlessness of the energy that Irani brings point in, point out, how she attacks you by spreading the court and not allowing you to set your feet. I think Golfie's prepared for that, having seen it just two months ago. And I think for Golfie, who again has been playing the U.S. Open and going and playing tour-level events over the course of the two months since they've played, I think she's playing better tennis. I think she's playing confident tennis. And I think she will be prepared to take that return early on the rise, use that ball as the definitive stroke for her to take control of baseline rallies. She's going to understand the unforced errors are going to pile up, but don't get frustrated. When you get frustrated, that's when Irani kills you. And again, I just think we're seeing the breakthrough for Domagalfi. You know, again, 24 years old, 79 in the rankings, career high, got a good victory in round number one, straight sets over four Lee. You look on the flip side, Iranian, good straight set win for her over the wild card, Roska as well. I do think this match could be a battle if you want to take the over 
in this match over 20 and a half games minus 120 over two and a half sets plus 125 I can understand each of those propositions I'm going with the firepower of Irani uh excuse me with the firepower of Golfie. I just think she's prepared for the Irani matchup I think getting Irani twice in the span of two months is one of the advantageous things you can get because it's impossible to prepare for her slice it's impossible to prepare for her energy to be honest she obviously brings the noise on court until you see it. And now she's seen it. And again, you look for Golfi, who's won 12 of her last 16 matches. You look for Irani, who, again, 24 and 20 overall this season. You look for her in uh, against top 100 opponents this year. I know she's already beaten Golfi, but for what it's worth, 4-4 four and four overall on the season. Give me Golfi to advance in this match. Give me her backhand to be the biggest and most consistent weapon on the court. Give this match to play on her terms and her terms to win out. I'm going to take her not only to win, which is a minus 150 proposition. I'm going to take her to cover a minus one and a half game spread because I don't see her losing a lopsided set. Sarah Ronnie, all due respect at this stage of her career, just doesn't win a ton of lopsided sets. Especially, again, that serve is a sitting duck for Irani that I do think Golfi, who is an exceptional returner at the ITF level, will have the opportunity to pounce on with frequency. I'm going to go with Golfi, continue her progression up the WTA rankings to win this match in Bucharest, minus one and a half games. We're going to take it at minus 125, slightly better value than that money line. Lay the full 1.25 units to win one in return. That is ace of the day number one, ace of the day number two. We're going with another college All-American looking to make their way on the pros. And I know Oliver Crawford burned us, but played a really good first set. Got up three love on Fasundo Mina. First set breaker ultimately drops that breaker. Kind of went away a bit after that. Was a very physical first set between the two and what were not the most ideal conditions in carry today. You look for Clement Shedek, got a really nice win in his first round victory uh, this week as Shedek playing the challenger over in Rennes, France. Again, Butchering pronunciations today. You're here in the Michigan in me. I apologize for that fact. Je parle un peu parce que je ne comprends pas français. With that said, you look for Sheeta. Got a much needed victory uh, over Gabe Grilled the Camps in three sets in round number one. You look for Sheeta, who was as high as 438 in the world back in July, currently sitting at 570 in the week. But it's got a big opportunity to make the quarterfinals at the Challenger this week in France as he's taking on the number eight seed Brouwer from the Netherlands. Look, Brouwer brings the heat. Big lefty, loves to hit that big slice out wide, loves to hit the first forehand, follow it into the net. You look for Brouwer. He had a very good win in his first round match over the talented young German Max Hans Rayberg, who I'm telling you, keep an eye on Rayberg. He can play. I like this matchup, though, for Clement Schiedek. Having watched him play the duration of his senior year, where he lost, I believe, three total matches at the University of Washington, playing the number one spot, playing a very competitive Pac-12 schedule, playing the ITA National Indoors as well during the team season, where he got looks at players like, you know, Mate Votzel, who was a top five player in the country, and I forget who else Washington played, but Schiedek didn't lose a match at that event. Clement Schiedek just... 
the bigger the speed, the faster the player, the better the opponent. He reminds me of Nuno Borges in that the it's the better you get from Clement Shedek. Now, he also plays down to the level of opponents at times as well, but I think this matchup, again, big lefty for Brower going into that Shedek backhand. Shedek loves his backhand. Extraordinarily smooth, extraordinarily compact backswing. You know, Shedek moves well in and out of the thirds of the court, a very smooth mover who I think will be able to absorb Brower's pace, redirects it. He doesn't, you know, not the best at creating from the center of the court. You don't have to do that as much against Jill Brower. Yeah, you have to get him moving, which I think Shedek does well, but it doesn't have to be with elite power. Again, Brower, his serve, his ability to impose himself and move forward, he will put pressure on Shedek throughout the course of this match. And if it's played too frequently on Brower's terms, can Shedek come up with magic frequently enough to pressure the big lefty, who for what it's worth is currently sitting at a new career high of number 150 in the live rankings right now is the 26-year-old. He's playing the best tennis of his career. But you look for Shedek, 12-7, and seven, uh, in his last 52 weeks, now 9-6 and six here to kick off his pro campaign in 2022. You look for Shedek at the challenger level in his career. Only one quarterfinal. That came back in September of last year. I think this is a big opportunity for him. I like this matchup. I like how simple the game plan is because if you're telling him to execute something with repetitiveness, I think Shedek is very good at doing that. And again, while I think Brower has a big serve, I don't think he has an overwhelming serve. And I like Sheenek against lefties. I'm going with Clement to pull off the upset. Plus 185 odds tomorrow against the higher-ranked eighth-seeded Brower. We're going to throw another half-unit bet on that because I'm not entirely positive. And again, that Brower big lefty serve, probably the biggest matchup, uh, the biggest weapon in the matchup. But give me Sheenek. To take a breakout win, I think the 21-year-old will be a top one, uh, top 200 player, excuse me, sooner rather than later, and how he works to develop his weapons, to develop those creation skills from the center of the court, that will uh, define his ceiling. I don't think he quite has the weapon that is the Nuno Borges forehand, but again, how smooth both of those guys are off of both wings, how well-rounded both of their games are, how they do both seem to play up to the level of their opponents. Clement Shedek has... Lots of shades of Nuno Borges, folks. And I know this is a sentimental pick. You know I love me some tall lefties, though. This is nothing against Brower. I just think this is Shedek's moment. So give me Shedek plus 185 in front of a home French crowd to get the job done. Half a unit to win 0.92 on that 185 plus 185, I should say, money line. With that said, let's look at the rest of the board. As again, we've got seven matches, uh, events, not matches, seven events. I wish it was only seven matches. We're monitoring throughout the course of the day. You look over in Potoro the WTA 250 event where things got funky throughout the course of Monday's action. You've got some good matches as you look at, uh, excuse me, on Tuesday's matches it got funky, but as you look towards Wednesday, how about Alexandrova versus Serenko? Alexandrova, obviously one of the nine players to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage this season. She's been extraordinarily streaky, snuck by with a three-set win in her first round match, but you look for Serenko. She She's 
played probably her best ball here in this 2022 season. And, you know, you look for Serenko now overall on the year. She's had a pretty solid year to date, 24 and 13. She reached quarterfinals in Eastbourne, quarterfinals in Budapest, and, you know, has worked her way through qualifying to get back into main draws of the highest level tour events. She's worked her way back into the top 100 now at number 92. Serenko earned an impressive three-set victory, just kind of grinded out Elena Gabriela Russa. You know, again, if this is going to be one of those streaky weeks for Alexandrova, she's a minus 180 favorite, but maybe you like uh, Serenko in that match. It's a stay away from me more than anything. I'm just enjoying that one as a fan for what it's worth. Minus three and a half games for, Al- excuse me, minus two and a half games for Alexandrova, a minus 150 proposition. I talked about Trevi Sanyakova yesterday. How much juice does Sanyakova have left after that run to the U.S. Open doubles title on Sunday. Tough to have to travel across the Atlantic Ocean and play on a completely different time zone, a completely different surface. Trevisan, who was knocked out early in New York, has had much more time to prepare. Her plus 150 is an interesting underdog. Tell you what, Martin Silva Rabakina, who play tomorrow, they both hit the ball massive, and Rabakina struggled. Three-set victory today. So Martin Silva's going to have some chances. Maybe you sprinkle on that plus 290. Hope she wins the first set. Live bet Rabakina. Kick your feet up. Enjoy the action. The over two and a half sets in that one, plus 125. I don't hate it. It's a stay away, though, for me, even if I lead Rabakina. And then how about Haddad Maya? She cruised, I believe, earlier today. She's minus 450 against Buxa, minus five games, minus 130. Perfect to throw into a parlay with whatever action you'd want. Maybe you throw her into a parlay with a Sunday or Saturday football game of your choosing. You move over to the WTA action in Chennai. The match of the day is Fruvertova versus Rebecca Peterson. Fruvertova not eliminated from the eliminated from the goat rate race yet. That's how you say that sentence. The seventeen year old, immensely talented, takes that ball early on the rise. The backhand is beautiful. She played a good match against Garbine Muguruza despite getting eliminated from the US Open early. Fruvertova is now a minus one forty favorite against Peterson, who's just all Peterson, excuse me, who's just always a sneaky out. That's a stay away for me. I take the over 21 and a half games at minus 110. Maybe you take Fruvertova at the two game, two and a half game spread or one and a half game spread with minus 150 odds, but that's a stay away from me. I'm not betting Jeannie Bouchard minus 350 money line, even if she should beat Tandy tomorrow. I just, it's a stay away till I see more of Bouchard and then Marino at minus 450. Haddad Maya at minus 450. You're starting to see an outline of a parlay, folks, that ultimately I am not going to go uh, pull off here in today's pod. And then ton of action in Bucharest. Zanevska versus Erika Andriva. Andriva, former Junior Slam finalist. The teenager, probably the least heralded teenager right now in the WTA Top 200. That said, Zanevska has been so solid and just does not have a weakness. You have to do something to overwhelm her. She's, you know, Alize Cornet point. 8.5, which is a top 100 player, by the way. And so even money line there. I take the over 20 and a half at minus 120 if I'm betting that match. But I want to see what Andriva does against top 100 physicality. You know, Tomova Udvardi, stay away. Masarova Bandar, stay away. I got no idea how those matches are going to go. You look at the carry action tomorrow. Still a little bit behind. I'm recording this midday Tuesday as such. Those matches haven't come out yet. But Smith Kopfer's fun. 
Keegan Smith, plus 305, plus four and a half games, minus 110. His big serve keeps things close. Even if he loses, you can't imagine he's going to get broken too frequently, right? He's either going to lose one and one, or it's going to be like a 6-4, 2-6, affair. So be it as it may, Sangren versus Vikovic. Vikovic has been better of late. Sangren, the far better hardcore track record. That's your action for now, tomorrow in Cary. You know, again, Istanbul, Henry Squire, the former U.S. Uh, Wake Forest, excuse me, All-American. I don't know if he was an All-American, but all-conference player taking on Radu Elbot. Elbot as such a heavy favorite. Ofner Marchenko, over 22.5 games, minus 110 tomorrow. That sounds interesting to me from that Istanbul action. And then, you know, again, as I mentioned, Benoit Pair, uh, Hugo Grenier, Peter Goyadchek, Hugo Umber, uh, all in action tomorrow in Rennes. The French always feature a good field in their challengers, if I may be so bold as to say. And then you've got the action over in Poland, certainly to Berner, uh, Mute, Carbeus Baina, all comfortable favorites tomorrow. Chechenato versus Shevchenko, that would be the overmatch if you'd like to bet on anything in Poland. But that's your action on Wednesday, September 14th. Of course, you've also got plenty of Davis Cup battles happening across the globe. College tennis fall getting rocking and rolling this weekend. We've got plenty of of things to discuss here at Crack Rackets. And we'll have segments for you Monday through Saturday here on this GSP previewing all of the action. I'll try to offer my picks, try to do better than I did on Monday moving forward. Again, today's two aces, Golfy minus one and a half games over Irani, minus 125, 1.25 units to win one in return. And then Clement Shedek, plus 185 money line over Brower, half a unit to win 0.92. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at DraftKings. With that said, you know what we say here at Crack Rackets for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. May the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. Thank you.